So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance Okay. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 9, Episode 13 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Thais and Patrick fight over control, communication, and dad. Bilal gives Shida a hard copy of the prenup. Emily and Kobe break the one rule they had to follow. Guillermo gets cold feet as Kara plans the wedding. Brian and Mahala don't approve of Jabri and Miona's plan. And Muhammad doesn't care about any of those things. As always, we'll end with our Students of the Week, class dances, and life lessons. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Hello, Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? Not bad, not bad. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing okay. Yeah, we're looking at our calendar. It's getting real crazy. We're starting to get into travel mode. Yeah, very crazy. Both of us. Both of us. Yeah, there's definitely situations where, like, yes, I'm just like, I definitely won't have Wi-Fi on this day. (laughs) (laughs) I will be deviceless for three weeks. So we're going to try figure it out, but please be a little patient with us uh, if we may skip a week. Yes. Uh, We'll cover it. It just might be a week late. Right. So speaking of a week late. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, let's start off with that. Um, All right. So we got Emily and Kobe. Uh, Emily wants to run wedding errands with Kobe and Kobe isn't enthusiastic about it because he's still annoyed Emily had brought a backup ring, uh, which shows him that she just doesn't trust him. He's also finding her difficult because her stress level is high planning for this wedding. She's pretty vague about what errands they need to be running, and it was more of a ruse to get him alone to tell him she might be pregnant. Kobe doesn't think it's possible, and Emily argues, why not? She's not on birth control, because Kobe actually told her not to be, because he believes that birth control will negatively affect future fertility. So their form of birth control was basically the rhythm method or the calendar method and pulling out. Emily says she wants to have more kids, just not now. Emily reminds us of her dad's one rule, which was basically her not to get pregnant. They go to the pharmacy, and Emily takes the test in the bathroom. After two tests, they get confirmation that Emily is, in fact, pregnant. Emily reminds us once again that it's the one thing her dad warned her not to do. Emily says that they can't tell anyone until she's showing or until after the wedding. Kobe doesn't know how he's going to look her parents in the eye. Kobe says that they can't change anything, so they need to be responsible. And he says it's just very heavy right now. Emily is disappointed and kind of offended that Kobe isn't more happy. Okay, so do you think that's a realistic uh, reaction for Kobe to be happy when even Emily isn't really happy? She doesn't seem happy either. That's what I didn't understand. Like, if he's matching her vibe... And mm-hmm. she's like, well, he should have been more happy. And it's like, then you should have been more happy because you're yeah. doing the same thing he's doing. Like, right. And because it is one thing to be like, you know, she's going in there not like, oh, man, this is what we planned, but isn't it great? She's like, oh, this is the one thing my dad told us not to do, which I mean, oh, my God, they're just they're not the sharpest knives in the drawer here. Like, yeah, I mean, uh... There's so many birth control methods that they could have actually used. I did look up, you know, because I was curious a bit because I had heard once a statistic like, you know, it's 80 percent effective using, uh, you know, calendar method, rhythm method, whatever. Yeah. But I also don't think that that is assuming that they're still having sex and pulling out. Yes. So that's what that's what I'm saying. So the the. The 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 family the, the method that they were choosing family is planning. the family yeah. planning, natural family mm-hmm. planning, rhythm or whatever, is supposed to be like, oh, I'm ovulating on this date, and you're supposed to get up and take your temperature every day and and things like that. Like it's mm-hmm. not just like, oh, I just looked at the calendar, right? Mm-hmm. And when certain things, when certain you know benchmarks are met, you're like, nope, can't have sex for two weeks, right? And it's supposed yeah. to be like half of the time where you don't have sex. It's not like you. Yeah, it's not like what they were apparently doing. And then kind of the rest of the time, you should pull out. Like right. it's it's not like 
no, you pull out when she's ovulating or whatever, and then don't otherwise. And it was like, that's not an effective birth control method at all. You're that's <laughs> not birth control. Like what you're doing is just and and apparently it's not. Like they didn't even this is like at best, at best the second month that right. they've been there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I yeah, I think so. Cause they have 90 days to get married and I their wedding is soon-ish. Yeah. So yeah. So they didn't even make it like then. And I was like, oh my God. So there's yeah, like I said, a, a wide variety of birth control options besides the pill, which Kobe probably should do his research on. It doesn't have any, you know, I can't, there's not really any studies that show it has a significant amount of fertility. Now, he may be right that he knows people that took the pill and then had trouble conceiving, but those people probably would have had trouble conceiving regardless of the status beforehand. Sure. And it, yeah, it is just difficult to tell, too. Uh, I think even doctors don't really know how long after the pill, like you stop taking it, you could really be pregnant. Apparently, it kind of sounded like within a month after her taking the pill. So I don't understand why he's so worried about her future fertility. Based on my personal experience, yes, it's the <laughs> next month. <laughs> like, right. But I've heard but I've heard like multiple things. Right. So doctors won't say. No, no, because it does change for different people. It does. change yeah. for different people. Just Might like, like just like months. all kinds of things are different for different people. Um, uh, uh, how you're going to react to any kind of any kind of birth control um, method that you choose. But like, uh, like they're already proven fertile myrtles. So I don't understand yeah. why they think yes. that that's my it's like this has happened once already. Yes. Like, and so, and then the other one is like, and I, I, I did feel for Kobe just to be like, well, we're going to hide this till I'm showing. And I'm like, that is not a small girl who wears big clothes, like right. very billowy clothes all the time. She could hide it for a long time. Yeah. Potentially yeah. based on how, it's, how, how she carries it. Right. And I'm just like with Kobe, it's the same thing. Cause this, we see this happen all the time where the, like, the one person, it's their parents and they're like, well, I don't want to tell them. So we're going to keep it a secret. And then when that secret comes out, who do they blame? Do they, are they, are we going to blame Emily? Right. No, they're going to blame Kobe. He's the one that's going to get in trouble. He's the one who is already suspicious to them anyway. So I totally get his apprehension of like, no, I don't know. Secrets, secrets are bad. Yeah, I get really frustrated when, especially in a situation where you're all living together, you're oh, trying yeah. to, you know, basically keep something from someone else. And it's like, it's it's hard to be a secret keeper. Yes. Especially when you're not motivated to keep the secret. And well, it's the same thing, right? It's like it, it, there's there's the two things on TV, right, that always, you know, in entertainment that always mean, oh, she must be pregnant. First of all, is if they throw up. So if she throws up, we're going to be like, she must be pregnant. Right. And second, she's going to have to turn down drinks. Yeah. And I don't think she's the kind of person that usually turns down drinks at the wedding and stuff. Right. Yeah. Too. So that's gonna not going to be – I think it's going to – I think I don't think her dad's that big of a dummy that he's not going to – or mom too. That they're not going to be like, um, what's going on? <laughs> like, right. I definitely can see her dad picking up on it. She's also the kind of person who doesn't really seem to really care about drinking while she's breastfeeding because that would have been an easy – uh, explanation sure. as well, but we've yeah. already seen her get drunk while you know, because oh, I yeah. had made the comment like, is she just gonna pump and dump? I don't know. If yeah, and she could, she could. Well, because I, I, my guess is they probably were relying on that too. Like you're breastfeeding, you can't get pregnant. Like, oh gosh, that to me is frustrating. Who ever said that that was a form of birth control? I mean, I've I've always heard that it can be trickier, but again, from personal experience, you definitely can. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Uh, now, get we're doing this all the thing. I keep making personal experience. It was on purpose for me, though. Like it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't. You guys were married and you wanted to yeah, have kids. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So moving on from them, let's go to let's go to Jabri and Miona. So Jabri and Miona are still in their very loud and obnoxious sweaters from last episode. So we must assume that it's later that night. And uh, Jabri starts by just randomly burning sage in the room where his mother is for good luck before Miona's going to come talk to her. So he goes and hides in the basement and uh, Miona goes up to talk to Mahalo. And they do jump right into it. Miona tells her that they will be doing a big wedding, you know, maybe in about a year. But right now they're looking for elopement options um, at, of course, what she says at the beach. 
But she's thinking Joshua Tree National Park. And as a Southern California resident, Miss H, uh, is that on the beach? Oh, no, it's nowhere near the beach. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's definitely a very different vibe. <laughs> right. Uh, so I was very confused about that. But anyway, she invites Mahala, who says um, that they would love to be there, but they don't have enough notice to leave the state that soon. So I guess they'll just go to the big one later. But also, last time Mahala hadn't heard anything, Jabri seemed like he didn't really want to get married. So what's up with that? Miona kind of smartly says that she's like, I'm not, I'm not going to speak for Jabri, but, you know, she doesn't want me, he doesn't want me to leave. So Mahala very, very lukewarmly says that if that's what you guys decided as adults and you God. came to this decision and that's what you think is the best for you, then uh, I guess, okay, whatever. Which Miona is pretty, um, you know, realistic in thinking that that's the best that was going to happen. I am <laughs> – that was the best I was going to get. So I will take it. So apparently during this very short conversation, Jabri uh, fell asleep in the basement. So Miona thinks that the conversation with Mahala went over very well. But then we kind of bounce back and forth between Jabri and Miona's conversation and Mahala and Brian's conversation and – they have pretty different ideas of what they just talked about. So, um, you know, Mahala, though, is says that she had to tell them, like, oh, well, we won't really make it. But Mahala surprises Brian. I'm sorry. That's what Miona told Jabri that his parents wouldn't be coming. But Mahala surprises Brian by, be, by saying, you know, they're going to have a big wedding next year. But she's not going back to Serbia. They're still going to legally get married. And he's like, what? I don't understand. Um, and they said probably in, you know, Joshua Tree, which Brian says, well, that's not a compromise at all. So he says it's bullshit because literally nobody supports his marriage and he isn't support interested in supporting a train wreck. But Mahala cautions him that, you know, not supporting this could ruin their relationship with Jabri. So um, I guess – I guess my question goes back to Mahala. Like just – does Miona buy oh, – I'm sorry. It's too short notice for two people to go get a plane ticket? Like that's not, that's clearly nonsense, right? I just – I don't even think that they like each other. I don't think that Miona likes them, so she didn't give a crap if they're going to be at the wedding. And they don't really like Miona, and I think they don't like Miona and Jabri together. I don't want to say it's, like, so personal against they don't like her specifically, but they don't support this wedding at all. Mm -hmm. And so they just – I don't think they care, right? I feel like this conversation was simply meant to be informative. Yes. Like, I am here to inform you that we are getting married. You right. can be there or not be there. I don't really give a shit if you're going to be there. Right, which is – good because like they're adults right and we have yeah. and we kind of talked about this last time we'll get to it again when we talk about patrick and thais i'm sure like she's not asking for their permission to do anything no. and she doesn't right. have to ask for their permission to do anything because she's an adult making a decision for herself now i do think it was super patronizing the way mahala was like well if you guys are going to play your big boy game and you think that you're adults who can make decisions like they're like in their late 20s they yeah. uh, can make adult decisions for themselves. Well, I think also it was weird to me that Jabri decided to sage the place and then send Miona to, you know, give them what, according to Brian and Mahalo, would be bad news. I don't understand why he did that. It's like, Jabri, are you so out of touch that you don't get that your parents don't support this relationship? And the reason why they don't support the relationship is because they have it in their mind that Jabri isn't all in. And right. so t for them to see Miona come and tell them the news, to them, they're kind of like, well, is Jabri like doing this under duress? Yeah. Like, is he being pressured into this wedding? And it, and, and more or less, it was I, I got the impression from the couple, the two of them, they were like, if you talk to your parents about this, they will talk you out of it. Mm -hmm. Like. And so I'm going to tell them instead because they're not going to talk me out of it. Well, I kind of got the impression and I kind of support this in a way. I don't think it worked out this way was Jabri wants Miona and Mahala or his parents to have a relationship with one another outside of him. 
Yes. And so I think that was at least what he said. Like, I think they need to build a better relationship. So I think Miona should be the one to tell. I don't think for this specifically, maybe something a little bit more joyous in their eyes would have probably right. been something, a something, little better. Some good news to Mahala, not bad news to Mahala. Right. 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 But I, I get what he was trying to go for. But at the same time, it's like it didn't work out that way because of how they all feel about this situation, about them thinking that Miona is pressuring Jabri into having this wedding. So, you know, it just doesn't, uh, you know, hearing it from Jabri would have been better. The messenger would have been better and maybe better received because then it would have been like, oh, you know, I guess he has decided for himself. But they wouldn't. That he wants they, they wouldn't say that. They'd be like, well, is she pressuring you into this? Is this really what you wanted to do? Because you know, last time we talked, blah 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 blah. Like, and he just gives in because he's a pushover. Um, yeah, it was frustrating to me that Brian was kind of saying, well, this isn't a compromise. It absolutely I, is a compromise. Yes. You know, like Miona isn't getting the wedding that she wanted. She wanted the beach wedding. Instead, they're going for some cheap alternative that's just, you know, quick and fast. And yeah, it seems weird to me that Joshua Tree is like the place that they decided on. Right. Because you still have to travel there. And it doesn't seem significantly different from the landscape that you see in, like, North Dakota. Yeah, probably <laughs> right? not. Well, based on the title card, I mean, I have not ever been to North Dakota, but based on the title card of them always, like, pictured with cactuses and stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Seems the same. Uh, yeah, but it just – yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why are you going to travel all that way? And the thing with Joshua Tree as well, it's not close to an airport, so you got to fly out there, rent a car, drive out there. It's like there's significant travel associated with what you're trying to say is a quick elopement. Right. Why not do it at grandma's house or at the courthouse even? Like that to me just doesn't make any sense. I mean, I think because – I think it was because I think that unlike what Brian was saying, it is totally a compromise because mm -hmm. she wanted two things from her wedding. Not in Dakota, yeah. at beach. Yeah. So it's not yeah. at the beach, but it's also not in Dakota. And like they sure. couldn't get over that. Like, why is she – she like – she just was like I – mean, I kind of get it when you get like a bug up your butt about something. You'd be like, no, I just wanted to get one thing out of this and I don't want to get married in North freaking Dakota. Right? Yeah, she did say about the snow. But Joshua Tree is also very cold in the winter as well. Sure. I mean – I. I I mean, it definitely goes into there's a little bit of um, what's it called conspiracy because you know we know from their social media or whatever we know where they are right where they ended up landing after mm -hmm. all this and it was Palm Springs, <laughs> which is not that far away from Joshua Tree. So right, like right. What, they already kind of have a foot in Palm Springs anyway, and they're just like, well, this is a place that's near there that's like, you know, nice enough, cheap alternative. Yeah. Well, and I guess the desert, even though it's not warm by any means, it's also not snowing. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, wherever like that gets like you get that it, the sun goes down, and it gets very cold. But it's she's like mm -hmm. snow in my veil. I, I, she was weirdly offended by snow in my veil. But right. like, I just think she wanted to get something out of it. She was like, I don't want to get married by your grandmother in our backyard. Like I'm right. not doing that. Not North Dakota. Or whatever. Yeah. Dakota. Which Dakota are they even in? Are they in North or South? I don't know. <laughs> I think it might be South. We apologize to anyone who's from the Dakotas. Oh, I. That's my. That's one of my weird little political hobby horses. That there should not be two Dakotas. That's that was bullshit. That was a, that was a that was a ploy to get more Republican senators back in the eighteen oh, hundreds. <laughs> there should only be one Dakota. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move on to a couple that also. You know, he's trying to compromise here. And that's Karen Guillermo. So, well, maybe. I don't know. One person <laughs> I, trying to compromise. I'm not sure what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I don't think compromise is happening at all. Uh, Kara's putting together wedding favors of bottles of Patron for their now 40 guests. Kara is in full-on wedding planning mode, which included wedding dress shopping, meeting with an officiant who gave them questionably amusing marriage advice, and choosing a venue. Kara is also trying to keep things cheap by doing things herself, and she admits to not having Guillermo do much because she just doesn't trust him, mostly because he doesn't know the area and she worries that he might mess up details. Guillermo is also helping with the favors while Kara asks him about his suit and his vows. 
Guillermo assures her that he's going to have everything done, and Kara just starts rattling off a checklist, and Guillermo interrupts her to ask if she trusts him. He keeps telling her to calm down in Spanish. Kara then asks how Guillermo is getting to the venue, and he vaguely answers, people? He assures her that he will get a haircut and figure out his vows in Spanish and in English. Kara insists that he gets someone to check his English grammar just so it makes sense, and Guillermo's kind of offended by this because he thinks she's implying his words are going to be poor. He tells her everything is going to be okay. He appreciates the bigger wedding, which is the compromise, but her controlling nature is making him question this whole wedding. Guillermo then goes to get a haircut, and he's a little worried about seeing a new person. Kizzy, his hairstylist, gives him advice that communication and respect is key in any relationship. Guillermo says that Kara is controlling and she's a party girl. Guillermo tells us that he wasn't expecting things to be like this and it's caused a lot of fighting. He tells Kizzy that things will get better once they get married. (laughs) Kizzy disagrees and thinks that they need to communicate and resolve their issues or just accept how things are because things aren't going to get better or change on their own. Later, Karen and Guillermo have a date night where Guillermo brings up his concerns about her partying and asks if things are going to change. Kara says she's feeling overwhelmed with love, but wonders where this is all coming from. Guillermo assures her that he still loves her, he just wants to know if she's going to change. Kara is frustrated that he's bringing up these issues when they're getting married in two days and thinks that if he really cared about this, he should have tried to figure this out before. Kara has a very dismissive demeanor towards him. Guillermo says she treats him like a kid and an idiot and mistreats him in front of her friends. Kara says she's always been herself, so he knew exactly what he was getting into, and she tells him not to marry her if he really feels this way. Kara basically tells him she's not going to change, and she wants to leave so he can think about whatever. All right, so did Guillermo really think that she was going to change after the wedding? Like, what made him think that this wedding was somehow going to change the way that they are in their relationship? I mean, I think because from his perspective, she already changed once. And he was like, so you're going to go, like, back to the way you were in the Dominican? Because I like Dominican Kara a lot better than I like Virginia Kara. Well, it sounded like Dominican Kara still partied. And I mean, this is the first we're really having him verbalize that this is an issue for them, I Mm -hmm. feel. Yeah. I mean, it is because part of it just comes from how extraordinarily young he is, right? He's Mm -hmm. super, super young. And she is super, super patronizing. Like, all the time. Like, I see it, like through it and I was like wow that would be annoying if someone treated me like that like that is yeah that is which and that may that's one of those things I don't think it's going to change immediately after the wedding it's better but like it's going to get worse it could get worse immediately after the wedding but I'm like are you still going to be patronizing him when he's 35 like he's not going to be like you're not going to see him as like a child anymore like she almost sees him as a child which is very very concerning for their whole storyline to me. Right. Well, I think there's a couple things. I think she thinks of him as a child because of the age. I think also just that she feels like she knows what's going on because she knows the area. She has a better command of the English language, you know. So I think those are all elements that could improve with time. If he knows the area, you know, they've been living there for a while. His mm-hmm. English gets better. But I don't think it's going to change, like, even if he's older because I think that's just how she is. I I would venture a guess that she talks to almost everyone in her life like this. It is not exclusive to Guillermo. Uh, I don't know. Maybe she could. She could. But I think that – I don't know. I think that there's a certain level of – I think she has a hierarchy in her head of people that I talk down to because they clearly need my help and clearly – and people that are not. Because I don't know – I don't know that I've – we've seen her with her family and we've seen her with some friends and she doesn't really seem to talk down to her friends. Like the guy – the mustache guy that she had like drinks with at the mall or whatever, like – she didn't really talk down to him the same way. Yeah, but I think it's one of those things where it's like the people closest to you will see all sides of you. And I think that's just a side of her. Yeah, that may be. So if she was dating Mustache Guy again, I feel like. Or not Mustache Guy. I was thinking of her weirdo. Oh, no, the rapper. Kevin Federline yeah, the rapper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if, you know, I could see her being like that with that guy. 
yeah. anyone that's in a relationship with her, I feel like she's going to treat like But I feel like Guillermo she's only, she point. is the kind of person that's going to pick out people for a relationship that she can treat like that. Yes. I also <laughs> feel like that would probably, in her mind, be a better match. Uh-huh. Although I did feel – I don't know. You can talk about this. I definitely felt for Guillermo when he was like, what, am I going to trust the first barber I see? Like, it is it is tough. That is a challenge <laughs> to find a good barber who doesn't That's mess funny. up your hair. And, like, I don't know what you thought about it. I thought the barber really kind of messed up his hair. It, <laughs> it, it was odd. Good. Like, I was watching her – yeah, I was watching her cut it, and I was like, that's an interesting method. I mean, but at the same time, I've seen all kinds of, you know, even my haircut, which is pretty basic, I, you know, straight across the bottom. I have straight hair. It's fairly straightforward. I have seen people cut my hair in multitude of ways and kind of get similar-ish output. So, I, it's, yeah, it, I thought the method was odd. I had never seen that before. Yeah, I mean, and I, I definitely think because Guy's hair is short – there's mm-hmm. and and his his hair is relatively short. There's less of a margin for error if you mess it up. And I just thought like yes. And I thought the haircut he ended up getting was like, oh, that's a little boy haircut, and he already oh looks super young, and this is oh not gosh. helping. But maybe that's what he was going for because we don't know. Like maybe he actually likes his hair like that, and maybe he gave her a reference picture. Maybe, but if it was, it was like you know number four from 1939, like the old timey ones, which is uh, always a sketchy thing to do. But like you know, yeah. it, it, I've had the same issue. I've definitely when you move someplace new, it's always like, oh man, I gotta find the right barber. <laughs> this is a very crucial. Crucial thing that has to happen. I have to find – and like I talk to my other guys. Well, who do you go to? Which barber do you know? Do you go to – like it's a, it's a thing like in guy circles about guys that won't – people that won't mess up your hair. Oh, it's hilarious because my partner and all his friends see the same guy. Yeah. And they all have the exact same haircut. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, but I actually, haircuts aside, appreciated the advice that Kizzy was giving him because I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, Guillermo said something super naive like, oh, things will get better once they get married. Why? No. What's happening? And Kizzy's like, no, they're not going to get resolved unless you actually communicate with one another or just accept that that's how things are and move on. Right. The only thing that gets, like I said before, the only thing that gets resolved by getting married is if your problem was, I'm upset we're not married yet. That will get right. resolved if you get married. Everything or, else, no. this wedding is super stressful yes. and we don't want to have this stress anymore. Okay, you're not stressed about the wedding anymore. Problem solved. Right. But yeah, I, I, I feel like she's going to change as a person. Unless what he's thinking is, oh, is she just acting like this because she's really stressed about the wedding? But mm-hmm. I mean, does that mean – but that goes back and forth because that also means – that's just how she asks when she's stressed in general. And if you're trying to start a family with this person, there's going to be more stress. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm sure kids are way more stressful than planning any kind of wedding. Oh, absolutely. And then on top of that, it's like, okay, we have – I mean, I don't feel like – it's been mentioned, but it hasn't been a focus. Like her partying is also an issue. It's like, well, that's not going to change like once you get married either. No, but that's also something that for – Many people mellows out as you get older too. Right? Yeah, as it goes but on. I think it, maybe he's thinking more so like, well, when we're married, we'll start trying for kids, and then kids will make it so she's not partying all the time. Unless she does party all the time when it's kids, and then it's a whole other pack of pack oh, <laughs> gotta worry about. Yeah, well, and you know, people who are kind of like uh, this high anxiety, high anxious, I can't imagine like kids could do one of two things, right? If you just have too many, you learn to let go. But if you have too few, it's like, oh, you're now highly oh. anxious about Oh, yeah, and you control everything do. about the kid and like yeah. really zone in and helicopter parent. Yeah. I mean, right. it's just, I, I just don't understand what kind of what she's going through too. She's just like, wow, he can't really help because he doesn't know the city or anything like that, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, this sounds like an excellent opportunity for him to learn about the city and figure out where right. things are and Uber around and, you know, bike around or whatever and, and like – Kind of get an idea of where things are. Like he has Google Maps. He can figure things out. Yeah. Yeah. But she doesn't trust him. So yeah, I mean, it's true. Yeah, All right. So difficult. speaking of people who don't trust, let's go to Bilal and Shida. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so it's picnic day at the park for Bilal and Shida. And the park reminds her of a park at home and is making her a little homesick. But he tries to get romantic with some sparkling peach cider and they toast to new beginnings. 
but then they just go back into old stuff. So Shida wants to talk about her visit from Shahida, who she feels was bullying and intimidating, especially the part where Shahida was like busted into her house and was like, I'm not going anywhere. And she was like, there was fire in her eyes and everything. But but the part that really bothered her came comes up and that's how Shahida thought it was her business to butt in and talk about this prenup. So Bilal does agree that the prenup is none of Shahida's business, but you know we really should still do a prenup. So she says she'll think about it, but she doesn't want people who are not in the house. I like the, I actually like this phrase. She's like, I don't want people who aren't in our household counting your money. <laughs> so anyway, now the romantic park date is ruined again. And she blames him, even though she was totally the one who brought up the prenup in the first place. Yeah. Um, anyway, the next time we see them, Bilal continues the conversation about the prenup by just slapping her a hard copy. And uh, she's just sitting on the couch relaxing. And he's like, by the way, hard copy of the prenup. Here you go. She's still against it, but knows he's not going to change his mind about this. So she says she she verbalizes it. She doesn't like it because she thinks that prenups are always unfair and they're just there to, quote unquote, protect the more moneyed spouse for themselves and, you know, kind of do nothing for the less moneyed spouse. So he keeps saying it's about working together. But then she as she's flipping through it. She points out that, you know, you know, uh, this prenup is making my life a lot harder because based on what the parameters you're laying out, I can't be a stay-at-home mom because if there's a divorce, I have nothing if we only get to keep what we make. Um, so she emphasizes that this prenup just shows how hard she's going to have to work to make it in the U.S. And that – but he kind of counters and it was like if – you know, if you don't plan on cheating on me or divorcing me, then this piece of paper doesn't even matter. Which, yeah. you know, then you get into that circular argument of if it doesn't matter, then why do you need me to sign it? Well, if you don't, yeah. you don't sign it, it's a whole thing. So she wants to know um, if there were any outside influences, aka Shahida, involved in the drafting of this prenup. And then, of course, it comes, he kind of circles it back to protecting the children. And it's just a oh. document that says she won't take him for everything he's got. But it feels like – she says she feels like it's her now paying the price for the things that happened to him in the past. So she does not sign it um, and tells us uh, one of the smartest things we've ever seen anybody say when this comes up, that she's going to take it to another lawyer and have yeah. him look at it to make sure that her interests are protected as well. Uh, I mean, so what do you gather about what's in this prenup? Did she like not understand it or did he – just draft a completely ridiculous, unenforceable prenup and slap it in her face. Oh, I'm sure he did. I, I'm i so happy that she brought up the points that she did. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that I wanted to know more about is he was talking about if she cheated or she divorced him. But what does she get if he cheats or he divorces her? Right. You know, so it's like if he cheats then their marriage is dissolved and he gets to keep everything he had, you know? So it's like that still doesn't put her in the best place. And exactly what she was saying, I didn't even think about, you know, well, you know, she's going to have to work in order to earn her part of, you know, the relationship because that is the way that that's set up, that's so unfair to her because she's never going to feel like stable in the relationship. If he ever decided to leave, she would have nothing. Right. Right. And that's what you'd think it would be that way. It'd be like, you know, whoever initiate, you know, whoever starts the divorce kind mm -hmm. of has, it depends. Because, yeah, it can't be like, well, if you cheat on me, you get nothing. If I just decide I'm done with you and I go cheat on you, you get nothing. Like that, right. that, that can't be the way it works, right? Right. And so I just, I a hundred percent like was cheering when she <laughs> said, "I'm going to need to talk to a lawyer." And I was like, "Yes," because I want a lawyer so badly to uh, put clauses in there or to give her something right. to make her feel like you know, if things go south and it isn't her fault that she is you know, compensated or at least she hasn't spent like years and years and years building this household and she gets none of it. Right, right. That's just well, not fair. Even if you look at the 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 precondition of them getting together, because yes, and, and mm -hmm. I, I'm even concerned about the premarital assets, right? Which is always, yeah. the, oh, everybody's like, you keep your premarital assets. Well, she, in order to get into this marriage, had to give up all of her premarital assets. Right, yeah. Right? And so- it, it, it wouldn't be fair if they got divorced the next day because she had to give everything up. 
to come here. And then he is going to leave her high and dry and be like, nope, I'm going to keep my house later. And you know he will. Like, yeah. that's how he comes off. He, This is a business transaction. Blah. Yeah. What a weird thing to keep saying. Like, yeah. about talking it's about business. It's a contract. Well, yeah. And you know what you're doing contracts? I'm going to get the most out of this contract I can too. So we're going to, like, you know, if, if you want to. You want to play business, we'll play business. But if we're playing yeah. business, it's not just me signing a letter that you give me. It's it's me coming back with you with a counteroffer, right? Right. Yeah. I just – I want her to be in a situation that is fair. And, you know, I kind of wonder a little bit how do you determine what is fair, you know, because – Neither of us have been in this kind of situation, but if you have someone who is a stay-at-home mom, and this is assuming that they're going to have a future child because that's what she wants, right? you know, and she's a stay-at-home mom, she's the one who's, you know, helping run the household, but at the same time, that doesn't equate to money in the bank or assets for herself individually. No, but and, and, and the law recognizes generally that, yes, he the, the other spouse would not have been able to make as much money right. if they did not have a stay-at-home mom in the house taking care of the household. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, like how much does she get compensated for running the household? Right. You know, and is he trying to ha- drop this prenup so she doesn't even get that? Yeah. And and those those are the kind of things that I'm like and because there is a, you know, general idea that you can that the prenup can be uh, you know, unconscionable where it's like, yes, mm-hmm. if you're like, no, I get everything. All of your things, all of my things, everything is mine. You get nothing. That was on the prenup. They'll look at the yeah. prenup and be like, yeah, no, we're not enforcing that. Like <laughs> that's not a that's not reasonable. Well, and especially if what kind of what she wants comes to pass and there's children. Right? They're not yeah. going to be like, "Oh yeah, the mother of these children get nothing." Like she has to right. go back to the Trinidad and live in poverty. So that's what we want. That's what's best for the children. Like, no, it's going to get the, – the, the, once you get to the best of the children stuff, things get changed significantly. Right. Because you can't, you, can't, you can't have a prenup that overrides like the state's child support calculations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that Bilal talked to Shahida about the prenup? Because he's acting dumb about it. What and do you it's mean? like how would she even know – of the details of this prenup if they didn't have a conversation about it. Oh, they definitely had a conversation about it. Yeah, but he's acting all dumb like, well, I don't know why she would talk to you about that. Yeah, I don't – I think – I don't know that he's – I don't know that he like sicked her on Shida. Mm-hmm. was like, oh, you need to go talk to her about the prenup because that – I don't even think he's that dumb. I don't like, how, know how, how he imagined I that. I wouldn't put it past him. I don't know how I he imagined he that would work. But wouldn't – but I, I, I say he's not that dumb. I wouldn't say he's not that – <laughs> nefarious he would do it if he thought it would help his cause i don't yes think- and i think he thought it would help his cause like oh have more people gang up on her oh uh, more people i guess i don't know that just seems counterintuitive to me like that seems like the worst way like have more people attack her and more people calling her uh well he doesn't think bitch. of it as an attack he thinks of it as reasoning Yes. Oh, I just need more people to reason with her and to get her to see that this is the logical choice and the right answer. Right. I, I think that's how he sees it. Yeah. And yes. And I get that there's things about the children. And I'm not saying they shouldn't have a prenup, especially when it's going to be like, oh, this is what I'm protecting for my children. But you would kind of mm-hmm. put the stuff away in your children's name anyway if you wanted it to be theirs, right? But yeah. Yeah, it's just the idea of it because he backs up to that at the last possible moment every time when she's like, this makes it seem like you don't trust me. It seems like you just think I'm after you all your money. He's like, oh, protecting the kids. Protecting think the about kids? the children. Yeah. <laughs> Won't someone please think of the children? Like, yeah. Right? And he just busts it out at the very end. So I don't know. He, he just – he thinks he's way smarter than he is. Um, yes. Oh, you know what frustrates me the most? I feel like I've said this before, but it's like his dumb face is the face, the thumbnail of the show on Discovery Plus. Uh-huh. And every time I navigate to this, I'm like, oh, this guy. This guy. Yeah. This guy. Yes. I mean, because you're right. He does. He does have that, you know, I will, of course, she'll come around to my extremely wise thoughts and logic of right. reasoning. And yes, yeah. this is obviously the way it goes. Kind of not realizing that like other people can have come to different opinions based on the same set of facts, right? He's <laughs> oh, so ridiculous. All right. Uh, speaking of ridiculous, let's <laughs> yeah. move on to Eva Muhammad. 
So Eve and Muhammad are going to check out a wedding venue. Eve is super excited. Muhammad is, well, whatever that neutral smile he always does means. Muhammad is actually upset because the wedding has been set back because the first venue fell through. At the side of the venue, Eve just starts crying. Muhammad doesn't care where they get married. He just wants to get married as soon as possible so he can get his green card and go back home so he can see his mom. Eve is gushing over this venue. It looks like a home that Eve describes as a castle, and it kind of has like, it looks like a museum with all this eclectic old styles kind of thrown together. Uh, Eve brings up having a non-religious ceremony, and Muhammad brings up getting married in a mosque. Not only does it have religious meaning, but they can also get married immediately, which means being able to apply for a green card faster. Eve doesn't feel comfortable getting married in a mosque because she's worried about the bad vibes and judgment over her wedding dress. Eve says she understands that Muhammad feels like his life is on hold, but she thinks he needs to consider what she wants too, which is a fancy wedding. Muhammad thinks that they can have the ceremony in the mosque and the reception wherever she wants. Muhammad then texts Eve, I don't know why, because they're in the same house, (sighs) uh, saying that he wants to find another sponsor and Eve is just confused. So Eve says it doesn't work like that and he can't just find another sponsor. Muhammad claims that she told him they would get married as soon as he arrived and Eve argues that she never said that. She doesn't want to go to the courthouse because it's not special. They both claim that the other doesn't care about, you know, themselves, and then they call each other selfish. Muhammad accuses Eve of talking only about herself a lot and that this is the last straw for Eve and she leaves the room. Eve is questioning Muhammad's motives and the kind of person he is because she's feeling very replaceable right now. Muhammad follows Eve into the room and says that, His offer to find a new sponsor was to be helpful. Muhammad thinks that you can be sponsored by someone who is not the fiancé and he wasn't trying to imply that he's going to find a new partner, and Eve doesn't think so. Uh, Muhammad then concedes that he maybe doesn't know the immigration rules. Muhammad says that his dream is to work, and if he can't do that, he'll just go back to Egypt. Eve says that if he leaves, they're done, and he says, well, that's your decision. All right, so... Both of them are claiming that the other is being selfish. Who do you think is being more selfish in this situation? Oh, Muhammad. Like, really? Yes, Muhammad. Um, because, and, and this is what got me, is the point when she's like, I, and yes, I don't necessarily agree with what she needs. Like, I think it's kind of silly to be like in the situation and be like, but I need the big fancy wedding, right? Mm-hmm. That is kind of silly. But the way he just completely dismisses all of her concerns as she's like, well, they're the things that I want. He's like, no, nah, I'm going to stop you right there. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a shit what you want. These things don't matter to me. All that matters is what I want. You shut up. It's basically what he says to her. That makes him more selfish because it's not he's he's not talking. And she's like, he's like, oh, I need to get back to see my mom. I need to be able to work. She's talking about a delay of three to four weeks, and he's acting like she's talking about three to four years before he can do that. That's interesting, your take, because I thought that uh, Eve was being more selfish because Muhammad was willing to compromise. Um, He said, "Okay, we can have a ceremony, whatever you want. Let's just do a courthouse wedding. And Eve is saying, but that's not special. And it's just like, well, he's trying to get the logistics part done. Now, I will say that it doesn't mean I like Muhammad more. He's definitely an unlikable person. And I also feel like these two people shouldn't be together. No, but no. if Muhammad was a little bit go. more right, they shouldn't be together. It, I do question his motives. Eve's not wrong because it does seem like his priority is to get a green card and, you know, skip out. to. But to me, it doesn't seem as selfish because he misses his mom. You know, and he really just wants to see his family. And we've seen a lot of these uh, foreign partners. He didn't say that to her at all. He tells that to us in interviews. Right. But when it came down to why do you want to get the green card so fast, he doesn't mention his mom at all. He says, I have dreams. I have this plan of a career that I wanted to do. And I need it right now. Like, that's mm-hmm. what she hears from him. Mm-hmm. It was like my plan and my dreams of, like, my journey of a career. And it's like. 
I'm waiting for you to ask a month so I can have the thing that I've been like dreaming about for like, 40 years. Like, <laughs> like we pump the brakes a little bit. The reason why I think he is being less selfish is because he's willing to compromise. Sure, we'll have the big no, wedding. No, because the only thing that matters to him is getting married, getting that paperwork signed right away. And that's the one thing he's like, right away, tomorrow. We can get it done tomorrow. Let's go tomorrow. What was her offer of compromise, though? What was her offer of compromise? Yeah, his offer of compromise is we'll have the big wedding. We'll do both. But she knows he won't. Like, I don't think that's a that's a serious well, that, it's her planning it. I mean, I think he'll do it. I mean, what's it to him to show up to some like ceremony, you know, or a reception? I think she was kind of testing him, honestly. I think it was like, wait, are you really here to marry me or are you here for the green card? Because can we wait three weeks? He was like, no, absolutely not. I want the green card now. Now, 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 now. I, well, I know that comes out now. But like my question is still like, what was she doing to offer compromise? I mean, I don't know that. I don't know where she can compromise. But that's what I'm saying. She wasn't. That's why I think she's being more selfish in this situation. I don't think this was a compromise. I think it's a compromise. We'll both get our way. You're, a bunch of, you're talking about a bunch of things I don't care about. Give me what I want. And then you can do whatever the shit you want. I don't give a fuck. Like that's, that, was his, that, that, was, that was his compromise. To me, that's a compromise. To me, it's the same as the Miona Jabri situation. The only thing he wanted was that paperwork signed today. Well, to me, it's the same <laughs> as the Jabri-Miona thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Their compromise is Miona wants this beach wedding. He wants to just get married and have it be low key. So what was the compromise in the end? A low key with a bigger ceremony. Right. I later. just don't think there's any. I, to me, it doesn't seem any different. I don't think there's any form. I, I don't think there can be a compromise between their two positions because their their positions are I want my wedding to be something I, I plan. We're going to have to agree to disagree because I think his suggestion is a compromise. No, that's what he wanted the whole time. No, he doesn't even give a crap about the big wedding. He's saying, okay, we can have the big wedding, but we also need to get married now in the courthouse. No, because that's different. That's not something he didn't disagree with the big wedding. He was it's not something he's giving up, like or 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 moving or letting allowing moving it on. Like it was like, can we have ice cream after the wedding? Like, sure, if you want to get ice cream after we're married, fine. That's not a compromise because I'm letting you have ice cream. I don't see how it's not a compromise because they're both getting their way in the end. I don't know why she's being so stubborn. She's not getting her way. Yes, she is. She's getting a big wedding No, she wants the the big wedding to actually count and not be a symbolic thing. And see, that's why I don't see it that way because it's like, it. you know, who cares? You get your big party. You're letting me have a big party three weeks after our wedding. That's not the same as having a fancy wedding. I think it's the same. <laughs> yeah, that and that's that's where the disagreement comes up. And but the thing yeah. is, they don't they don't communicate that. They don't come to that base thing of what does it matter? Because she was like, because because she never says that. He never says, "I want to go back to see my mom." She never says, "If it's not a wedding, if we don't actually get married that day, right?" Because that's what that's what her base motivation is. That's what her thing is. Like if we have a party after the wedding or a ceremony after the wedding. That's not a wedding. That doesn't count as a wedding for me. We got married at the courthouse and our wedding date is the is that date at the courthouse. It wasn't the date that I had my special day. That's not the same thing. But she doesn't articulate that to him <laughs> at all. I don't think it matters. But I mean, that's personally, I don't think it matters. Right. I just, I mean, the do, but, but, and maybe it was a little off-putting by the way he talked to her. Which I thought was oh, I think they're. I don't think he's a likable person. I no, do no, not that, like this guy. It. It I just, don't think they should be getting married. It's hard for me to think you're compromising when you're being incredibly just. Dis- like I don't think I've ever seen anybody be as disrespectful as he is on the show to her. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say I don't care about those things. Ah, uh, I feel like I've mm. heard that. no, just just so bluntly, like in in a matter of speaking, but just to, for him to be like like. It's put it this way. It's the kind of behavior I do when I go and buy cars that always gets me kicked out of a car dealership. <laughs> like when I say, I mean, and so to me, that's like, like, yeah, I've definitely had them to the point where I've said that they brought in, well, here, this is the best price we can do for the car. Here's how much I paid. And I always go, I don't care how much you paid. And then you know what they say? Okay, sir. Thanks for coming. You're leaving now. Like, but the, to me, and that like the, the the cherry on top of his what I thought was his terrible behavior was he went to leave. I'll go back to Egypt. And then what was the next thing he said? Buy me a ticket. Yeah, <laughs> but I think he is 
isn't wrong in that she is legally obligated to buy him a ticket. Oh. That whole sponsor thing. That is, it's just like, yeah, that, that to me is like, that that is, that's just like, I don't know. I'm thinking about my kids doing something. I'm going to do something. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to defy you and, and get back. Pay for it, please. Like, <laughs> if you get back to Egypt, big boy, you get back to Egypt. Go ahead. Yeah, I I don't see how he's going to if he doesn't have any money. I, that, I mean, that that also is crazy to me that they come like you came with not even enough money for a plane ticket. Mm-hmm. That seems that seems crazy. <sighs> All right. He did. All right. Last up. <laughs> Patrick and Thais. See, with 30 days left to wed and Patrick is trying to put things together, even even though he says he doesn't plan on going through with the wedding until and unless Thais tells her father. So he wants to get married. He makes a big deal out of getting married on 2-22-22 when the family is going to be getting together in Orlando anyway. But Thais had her own plans that got shot down, you know, like Vegas. So she feels like this is another instance where Patrick is just like telling her the plan instead of collaborating with her on a plan. So he feels like this is him including her because, you know, He's telling her about it before he booked and paid for everything, which he could have just done because he's paying for everything. So he insists it'll be a good time. And she's just kind of like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, but then we see something new. Apparently, Thais has friends in America. So she goes to have drinks with Anija and Kayla. So Kayla is one of those like crazy bitches that she hated from John's party. So yeah. maybe John's party wasn't the worst idea. Um Anyway, and she was introduced through Anija through um, through her, and Anija is another Brazilian expat, so they have since become pretty good friends. So they quickly get to the topic of wedding planning and how, you know, also how her father doesn't know there's even a wedding. So both the other girls are like, wow, my dad would hate that guy if I got married without knowing, <laughs> without him knowing. So she also mentions that she's getting unsure about the wedding now because of how controlling Patrick is making all the decisions including apparently who's even going to be doing her hair and makeup, which she says he picked for her. But she's especially frustrated because there's kind of no in-between here. She can't like – she either has to go through with the wedding or go back to Brazil. There's not like a middle option for her. There's all or nothing kind of. So then it's time for Patrick and John to see what they're thinking. So they're going shoot suits shopping for the wedding. And they start by looking at blue suits with pinstripes. So – I feel like there's no way to go but up from that, even if the blue shoot does have the approval of John and his impetuous taste. Yeah. yeah. So it takes three people to get uh, Patrick's neck button buttoned. And uh, as they're waiting, John and Patrick start talking about, you know, how ready are you for this and and Ty- being married to Thais and what's coming. And John thinks Patrick needs to slow down. I don't know how he has the facilities to slow down. It's the 90-day thing. But – Since the finish line is in sight, you know, our favorite thing, things will probably just start moving faster because that's how Patrick is. So John asks if he's happy and Patrick is more or less like, well, no, because the wedding is really stressful. So we also get to hear Patrick's side of the makeup artist issue. So he says he didn't pick her. He just was like, Thais sent him a name, so he booked it. So it seems like it was more of a communication thing than a control thing. He also feels like he can't tell her about any of what he's struggling with because they're probably, you know, less than the trouble she's having in, in, with her family at home. So then we kind of see them come back together. We see what they both have to hatch out this relationship independently. So they have a chance to talk it over over his acai bowl. And Thais asks how – talks about how her – you know, she told her friends that he's really controlling. But he doesn't see it as controlling. He just sees it as somebody who gets stuff done. Especially since, you know, she can't speak very good English, so she can't like doing – she can't be doing any of the calling and booking for anything. So he also thinks that, you know, that, um, you know, this he has to do more because this wedding can't be all that important to her if she she won't even tell her dad about it. So then they go in circles for a little while until she eventually tells him that she has her doubts, which is his opening to talk about his doubts too. Especially, why? Because she won't tell dad. Which seems like him trying to change the subject to her. But anyway, she feels like she's stuck in the middle, um, spending so much energy keeping secrets, uh, trying to protect people. So she tells Patrick that she will tell her dad tonight, but is understandably very nervous about it. 
All right, so where do you stand on Patrick's kind of self-assessment? Is he controlling or is he just getting stuff done? Uh, I actually kind of was siding a little bit more with Patrick on this simply because he brought up some good points. It is difficult for her to uh, be able to navigate through this whole wedding plan process because he says her English isn't good enough to be able to call and things like that. So it was interesting to hear his side of the story with the whole makeup artist situation because Mm -hmm. it sounded like he thought he was helping the situation because she had already said she liked this makeup artist, but it sounded like she wanted to talk to the makeup artist a little bit more before making a decision. So she's the one who brought it to him in the first place. The way she made it sound like to her friends was that he picked it out, he booked it, he never consulted her at all. From his point of view, she brought him a name and, you know, I think she thought, oh, we'll have a conversation with this person. And then Patrick kind of interpreted that to mean like, oh, well, this is the name. you know, okay. we'll get a contract. Yeah. This is it. So I don't know. I I think like he is well intentioned. He's not trying to be controlling. Um, I think he is just trying to get things done. And in the process, he recognizes even that it comes off as controlling and that. You know, but I think it is somewhat of a logistic situation. He's the one who has the credit card. He's the one who can speak English. Right. You know, so it ends up being that he's the one making these decisions. I mean, and yes, I feel like he's one of those people that I feel like we all maybe have somebody in our life that's similar to this, maybe not. But like, you ever have the person who, when you're you're starting to talk about, hey, Maybe we'll take this trip. And, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about going to Vegas on this date. And then the next thing you hear from them, like 12 hours later is like, okay, I booked it. And you're like, well, you didn't. What? We? No. <laughs> like, what, like, I feel like that's me. <laughs> it kind of is sometimes. Yeah. But like, yeah. But people who like, you know, oh, let's have this discussion about something. You're like, bought it. And you're like, wait, we didn't have the discussion. I, right. But I mean, it's understandable because he he does run a business and it's like he runs a business where he's just like, nope, got to do it now. If I don't do it now, it's not going to get done. Do it. Done, yeah. done, done. Like you gave me a name. She might be, what are we going to, we can't, don't have time to talk to her. What are we going to set up a phone call? She might be booked. We're trying to get married in three weeks. Right. Right. Like, yeah, we, we got to get it. If she's available now, we got to get it. We got to jump on that. Um, so he's very much a, he's very much a lock it down type person. Right. And that's part of the reason why I am the person who you talk to me about like a trip and I'm booking it 12 hours later. And it's because, you know, like for flights, especially if it includes a flight, it's like stuff like that is so variable. You know, if you book it, you know, even a difference of a day, the price can change. And so it's like, if I see a good deal, then I'll book it. If it's something like the flight is like, yeah, I feel like it'll go down, then I'm okay, okay like sitting on it. So to me, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's like a logistic thing. If Patrick is concerned that this person is going to get booked up right away, I could see him wanting to jump on this and being like, well, you said that this was something you're interested in. We need someone. It's better than being left with no options. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so I think it's a little bit in between. I just think it's a personality yeah. type that she might not have come across before. Sure. Um, that, you know, I'm very familiar with. And it's like, because I, I think, I do think she's not quite right. I don't think he's doing it to be like, no, I don't want you to have a say. I don't want to. Right. Make I, I mean, I, I do say that, but the part where he was like, I'm well within my rights, just buy it anyway, because I'm paying for it is. Yeah, that, that was, was messed up. Yeah. I did not agree with him there. Yeah. Uh, Cause it's like it takes two people to get married. Go ahead and book that wedding in Orlando. See who <laughs> see who's up. There, see who's on the aisle, on the aisle with you. Yeah, like. yeah, yeah. But and I think also the way he talked about it also makes it doesn't it makes it seem like it's not a discussion. It does make it seem like he is simply informing her of what the plans are. Yes, it does. And it does. It wasn't like, hey, what do you think about getting married in Orlando? Because, you know, my – Right. It was, we're getting married in Orlando. Like, yes, on this date. Yeah. It's like, and then she brings up the fact like, oh, well, you're not discussing. Well, yes, this is a discussion. I haven't booked anything yet. It's like, well, it doesn't feel like a discussion. Yes. It doesn't feel like if I told you no, you would then not book it. <laughs> I feel right. Like, yes. It's really yeah. feeling like you're informing me rather than – Rather than telling me. But I mean, all right. So then we go back to it kept coming around. No matter what happened, it came back to her dad, right? Yeah. I mean, how are we predicting that's going to go? Because <laughs> I can't imagine it's good. 
Yeah, it's going to be difficult, especially because I think the dad might have reacted better if she had told him in person, Mm. because then it doesn't seem so much like, okay, because like even think about the Jabri and Miona situation, you know, like maybe the dad is thinking like, oh, she's under duress. That's the reason why she's making this decision. And if he doesn't see her in person, like he could just think that in his mind. Right. Right. There's got to be some situation like in person and he's going to feel like helpless and not like as genuine as if she was there and telling him, no, I want to marry this person. And Patrick wasn't around, Mm -hmm. you know, when they're having this conversation. So I think the, you know, she should have told him before they left, but it's kind of too late for that. The ship has sailed on that one. So I don't think he's going to be very happy. I don't know if he's going to really believe her. But at the same time, as much as he's going to feel negatively about this, what can he really do? So I think it really depends on the kind of person he is. Is he the kind of person that's going to like stew in anger over things he can't control? Or is he going to just accept things he can't control? Yeah. I mean, it. right. I don't know. I don't think he will. I think he's going to. I just think it's too late. They're they're way too late. Right. And so I'm almost kind of on, I don't know if I'm on board with her. I think he needs to know beforehand, but at this point, mm-hmm. I don't think it makes, it's it, 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 whatever. Cause right, right now, because he, because she told him now it is out of his control. It's done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's done whether we're getting married in two weeks and you can't stop it. Or we got married last week and you couldn't stop it. It's the same thing. It's out of his control now. And yeah, I mean, let's be real here. Who is she telling uh, this for? It's not for her dad. It's not for herself. It's for it's Patrick. Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. It's just, I mean, I, so I don't know that at this point, it's like, I think the damage has already been done. And yeah, it, I think and so. Too. Telling him is not really going to solve anything. No. Other than it won't be something he can yell about anymore <laughs> or bring or bring the conversations to. Yeah, but I think it makes him feel like, uh, you know, I think he would be less mad if she tells him before versus after, though. I, I still think he's going to be mad, but. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, mad. I mean, yeah, just he's he's going to be. Yeah, just bad. <laughs> be yeah. Bad. Right. OK, so uh, a lot going on this week, but we did not hear from Ari and Binyam. Uh, so out of the group, who was your student of the week? I um, said Shida. I did too. For uh, not just the lawyer thing, which was really, mm-hmm. really good, but like mm-hmm. accurately pointing out the problems with yes. the prenup. Exactly. That weren't that uh-huh. went beyond and deeper than like, but what if I want your shit? <laughs> like, you know. Right. Yeah. And moving past the like, you, don't you trust, don't you trust me? me? Right. Right. Because right. that has kind of been the argument prior to this as well. Right. So yeah, I thought she did a really great job at communicating. I don't think Bilal was doing the best job at trying to understand, but I mean, she laid it all out there for him. No, I don't know yeah, his responses really... were not like responses to what she was saying. It was like, sure. here are the things I have locked and loaded. <laughs> like, right. Next up, next up, click, click. Do you plan on cheating on me? Oh, no, it didn't work. Click, click. It's about the children. Like, yeah. Yeah. God. Uh, okay. Uh, what about your dunce? Uh, I, I went, I gave the dual award to Emily and Kobe. I did too. It takes two and like they had one thing and they didn't even make one round. (laughs) Oh, I know. And there's things they could have done. Many things. She even said it while they were there. Maybe we should have gotten condoms. It's like, yes. We'll wait for that now. Yeah. Goodness. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, that's the obvious one, right? That's the one that people, I mean, I guess there are some extreme, you know, circumstances where people are against them, you know, for – moral reasons but generally not and i don't think they are the kind of people that are um mm-hmm. so it's just like that the, the solution was right there in front of you like i don't understand yeah. what you're doing oh my goodness okay what about your life lesson uh so it's all about keeping secrets from your family like and this goes to emily and kobe and it also goes to thais like especially secrets that it's like this is a hundred percent going to be found out at some point it's not a right. secret that you can kind of, you know, run the run the clock out on and then it doesn't matter anymore. Like if you get married or you have a baby, at some point they're going to find out. Yeah. Right? And so it's better to just, you know, rip the Band-Aid off and do it early. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, I understand what Emily's thinking. I mean, it's totally manipulative and terrible, but she's just thinking like, I don't want my parents to take away this wedding that they're paying for because they're mad. I feel like that's what she's oh, thinking. Oh, right. Because yeah. she's spoiled and wants them to pay for the wedding still. Right. But, um, that yes. wouldn't have even entered, that's in, why. Wouldn't even entered it into my head. <laughs> well, yeah. No, because she, she specifically said, well, they're paying for this wedding, and I just want to tell them after the wedding. Oh, so that seems that sounds so much worse to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. That's what she was thinking. <laughs> She's totally spoiled. All right. Uh, my life lesson actually goes to a couple of couples, uh, specifically Patrick and Thais and uh, Karen Guillermo. Uh, don't treat your partner like a child. You should always treat them like a peer and an equal Otherwise, there's going to feel like there's an imbalance in the relationship, and that's going to lead to issues, resentment, things like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we don't have any immediate plans. I think we're going to have a guest host for next week. Probably. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh, you probably will not hear from me for a few weeks. It's not because Mr. Renault disagreed about Eva Muhammad today. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's because I am traveling um, and I am trying to pack light. So that means no laptop. So Yeah. No giant podcasting microphone. Mm-hmm. Right. And plus the Wi-Fi situation is going to be sketchy because I'm going to be on a boat again. So that's always kind of a weird situation when I travel and Sure. Away from land and reliable Wi-Fi. So, uh, yeah. So we'll probably have a guest host for the next few weeks, and then, um, yeah. So yeah, we'll figure it out at some point. But we will be back. Yes. Well, one of us will. Be Somebody back. will be back. <laughs> the show will be back. Yes. <laughs> All right. Until then. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.